Okay, we're recording, we're recording, we're recording. We're recording. Right now? Right now. It's recording right now? It's recording right now. Where are you going to put it? I was thinking about putting it in my butt. I don't know if that's good for sound, though. Oh, Angie and Jackie sitting on a tree. K-I-S-S. First came love, then came marriage, then came the baby and love. How are we gonna have a Step baby? Find some spark. That guy? Or this guy? Well, he works at a law firm. Step two, you gotta stick it in you. IUI? IVF? OMG, WCF. Obsess a lot. I'm gonna pee on this stick and I'm gonna watch the clock. Okay. Step four, repeat the first three. I can't wait until we have a baby. The Baby Mama's Podcast. We're hanging out in the baby's room. She's... No, no, no. What? That's not how we start a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 41 of The Baby Mama's. The baby's puking. The baby's puking. The baby is currently puking. <laughs> is it 40 or 41? It's 41. It no, was it's 40 40. in Australia. No, it's going to be the same episode, though. I'm going to mash these two together. Um, so, we have been back from Australia for about a week. We're back to our life. And yeah, our baby's amazing. Say, okay, let's talk about the day we were leaving for Australia. Okay, so that day was super sucky. <laughs> our flight was at 2 in the morning, so I had the whole day to get worked up and to get freaked out. And worked up and freaked out she did get. Yeah. You were basically, by the time, like, I pretty much had to do everything by myself. Yeah. All day. I had to get the house ready. I had to do all the packing and figure everything out all by myself, which was a lot of work. And you were pretty much catatonic, just staring at the baby. I'm assuming going over how sad it was that you were going to lose your your brand new baby. Yeah, I just kept thinking like, but I just got her. I don't want to die. And I was imagining like looking into her eyes as we met our fiery deaths. And her screaming and me not being able to help her because the plane's going down. <laughs> She's smiling at that. Do you think that's ridiculous? Yes, your mother is ridiculous. It's true. That one, not this one. <laughs> it was not a very relaxing day, and I don't think we would have actually gotten out of the house with everything we needed to pack if it were not for my niece coming over and helping us because yeah. it was a lot of work and, yeah. But fun fact, <clears throat> I think I'm a little bit sick right now, so I apologize for my voice and nostril noises, but you can take Ativan while breastfeeding, and it's totally fine for the baby. If you don't believe us, check on motherrisk.com. It tells you everything if you're concerned about like taking a supplement or taking having certain kinds of tea or whatever uh, while breastfeeding or while pregnant. It'll tell you what's cool and what's not, and... We were told by Motherisk, by our midwife, and by our doctor that it's safe. So, Ange took that out of him. <laughs> oh, and that I did. I took five on the way there. You took, f- okay, let's, <laughs> that sounds really excessive. She was and on I po- got blackout. No, she was on 0.5 milligrams. On our flight, we had a layover, so we were traveling for 24 hours. Over the course of the 24 hours, she took five. I took 5.5, so it was a total of 2.5. Yeah, other which, people can do math. It's okay. You don't okay. have to explain that. Which is the, according to Mother Risk, the full amount that you can take um, as one single dose. dose. Yeah. Yeah, so I so. think I'm fine. Yeah, and uh, the baby was pretty much perfect. 
She slept almost the whole time. Like, she slept or was just, like, chill. Yeah. She's a very good traveler. I think that she just would wake up, eat, look around, and be like, this isn't for me, and just, like, pass right back out again. Or she was so stressed out that her body couldn't handle it, and she was just, like, sleep. Yeah, maybe she is afraid of flying, too, and she went into a catatonic state. Either that or what I think is most likely is that um, the white noise of being on a plane was just, like, yeah. Put her to sleep. And the pressure and, yeah. and everything. She only cried once, and it was for, like, three minutes. Yeah. And it was funny because Jackie started to kind of freak out. She was like, oh, we have to get up, but we can't. And I was like, Jackie, it's louder to us than it is to everyone else. I That's that's the thing, though. I just didn't want, like, everyone. Because it's, it's a long-ass flight, right? You don't want everyone else hating you because your baby's crying. But, but And it was, like, right at the beginning of the flight. So it was like, oh, God, I think I was getting stressed, like, oh, no, this is what it's going to be like for the whole flight, but it really wasn't. No, she just was, like, tired, so I put her to sleep, and then she was fine for the rest of all four flights. Yeah. And I was... I did not repeat the last time that we went to Australia. No. I was fine, mostly. So, basically, what she's saying is that I was right. I told you and everyone else that the baby would be enough of a distraction that you wouldn't have time to be freaked out on the plane. Yeah. That you would be preoccupied... Yeah, I think any time with a baby that you're not in your home where you have, like, all the things you can use, like a play mat and an exercise ball and a swing and a glider chair and a... For toys. Change table, and it's going to be more challenging. So, in that respect, it was. Mm -hmm. And at first, Ange was really anxious, I think, about anyone holding the baby because okay so what happened was that I felt really out of my element in terms of like taking care of the baby and how to meet her needs and so my reaction to that was sort of like to clamp down on having ultimate control over her and also what was happening at the same time was that I was really starting to under I was just starting to kind of see a pattern in her behavior and sort of get to know her her rhythms and when she was hungry and when she was tired And so I was really wanting to have control over her because then I was able to, like, you know, hypothesize, be like, huh, I think that when she does this, it's because she's hungry. Let me take her and find out if that's the case. I think that then, about 45 minutes later, she usually gets tired. And so I was wanting to have her a lot so that I could could find out if I was right about what I was thinking about her behavior. Mm -hmm. And... It actually really helped me because then I did get to know her behavior a lot better and I know her pattern now really well. Yeah, it just happens. Like, it's just interesting timing, I think. All of it happens sort of... Because, I mean, we're obviously in town for a wedding, so there's lots of people wanting to hold the baby and spend time with her. And while that's important, it was also really important for um, sort of the bond and connection that Ange and the baby have to be sort of maintained so it was a little challenging and at first I think it was stressing you out so you just basically made it so nobody could hold the baby so people were kind of feeling I think a little I don't know left out by that maybe yeah well it was also I felt like what happened a lot is that I would get to this place to get her not to be fussy and she would be happy and then she would get passed off to someone be happy for about three minutes and go back to being fussy And then I would have to do all that work again, or you would have to do it again. And it just Mm -hmm. felt like it was too much. Like, it's not worth it at that point to me. It wasn't. To be like, it's not worth it for three minutes of whoever holding her, for her to then be fussy for ten minutes and me have to walk around the apartment or whatever to get her to calm down. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, I get that. But it, it was, yeah, you could tell that, like, hey, how did you do that? You could tell that family were kind of feeling a little, I don't know, sad or maybe even annoyed that she wasn't more available to them. And, like, I get that, and I understand feeling that way, but ultimately the most important thing with a new baby is to make sure that her needs are being met properly and that that she's okay. So that, that part was a bit stressful at first. Yeah. But then... I'm not really into letting other people... I'm not into letting her, like, cry it out with other people. Well, it's not necessary, and it doesn't really help anybody, really. Because it's not, like, what people want when they want to hold the baby is to, like, spend good time with her. They don't want to hold her if she's just freaking out the whole time. And a lot of the time, we've actually even realized that we've been doing this between the two of us, that when she's fussy, if, if she's even fussy with me, it's like, oh, well, it's easier for me to soothe her, so I'm just going to take her back. Whereas now we're kind of... I say that. You say that, yeah. So now we're kind of getting to a point where we're like, no, like, that's not... That's not acceptable. You can't just decide that it's easier for you. And it, I mean, of course it is because she spends more time with you, so she's more used to you. Yeah. So now we're we're like kind of focusing on not Ange being like Ange not being the only person that can put her to sleep. Because I still put her to sleep, but there's like a couple days where she wouldn't really do it with me and as or as easily, I guess. So now we're kind of trying to rectify that. But the other point was like, yeah, okay, so. You know, for my, my mom, for example, my, my mom's not able to soothe her right now. But if you don't let her figure out her way of soothing her and the way that the baby is comfortable with, then she'll never get there. Yeah, but it's I just the same don't, way with me, right? At the time, I didn't just didn't think that Australia was the time to like experiment. Yeah, and I get that. I get <clears throat> like that. everything was so different, and so much stuff had changed that I wasn't like. And well, that's also, well, and it wasn't even really about experimenting. The tough thing is that while we were there, because like here, when she's really upset, we use the exercise ball. In Australia, we had one, but when we were out, when we were at this, like, wedding property that we were at for a week, we didn't have that. So deep knee bends were the thing that worked when she was really upset. Well, my mom can't do that. (laughs) She has bad knees. So she was kind of frustrated with that, and she was like, you know, I wish you hadn't, like, chosen this as the way to soothe her. And was sort of like, well, we didn't choose it. Yeah, we weren't like, you know what's fun after you have a baby and you feel like your vagina is going to fall out? doing squats to yeah. try and make it calm down. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a choice. It's just sort of what happened. So she, I think she's frustrated by that. But now it's not like she's even from, you know, a couple weeks ago, she's not expecting deep knee bends anymore. Now she's like happy with kind of being rocked and certain things. So it's just, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. I think there were people's feelings got hurt, but it was sort of like, well, you know, I'm sorry, but this, this trip wasn't, for you to spend all day every day with the baby. Yeah, and at first I felt, I did feel kind of guilty, and I was like, oh, you're being too controlling, you're being like a helicopter parent, you're, you're like denying her a relationship with her family, her Which extended is, by, family. By the way, like, not at all the, the case, like, other people were holding her, it's yeah. just that she wasn't like... She wasn't getting passed around. She wasn't like given to like her grandma, and then, you know, we didn't like go out... You know, we were still with her all the time because she's little. Yeah, but that's the thing, too. Is a little I was like, tiny baby. I thought at one point when I was thinking about it and I had her and I was feeling guilty, I, th- I thought, like, you know what? She, your mom, whoever else, does have a lot of time to build a relationship with Sterling. Yeah. And this is my first baby, and we are both still really excited about parenting for her. Yeah. Even if that means taking care of her when oh. she's being really fussy. Yeah. And we're still forming a bond with her. So I then I started to not feel guilty. So I was like, you know what? 
she's had her first children. Yeah. She's also had her first grandchildren. Yeah. And so she's had all of that. This is our first, and we deserve to enjoy it. And if that means that on the Australia trip, you know, Grandma didn't get to hold her as much, or whoever else didn't get to hold her as much, then so As be much it. as she had hoped, maybe, is yeah. the difference. Well, the only people, really, who needed to have that time was my brother and his wife, because they don't live here. Yeah, and I think that they got really good time with her. They did, and they were, well, we were staying with them, so that helped. Mm-hmm. But also that, like, when they wanted to hold the baby, they would ask to hold the baby. And you'd say yes or no. But they were, like, you know, they kind of saw her routine and stuff, so they knew when she was happy and when she was, like, fine. And, you know, some family members weren't super great about that, and they would just sort of want to hold the baby when she was about to eat or want to hold the baby when she was fussy. And you're like, well, no, like, it's not going to work well for you to be holding her right now. And it's hard to say no, but then at the same time, you're kind of just like, but no. Because it's not about you, it's about the baby. And I'm, yeah. I'm her mom, and my concern is making sure she's well cared for. And it's not that, like, you know, her grandparents can't care for her. It's that she they don't know her as well, so they don't know what she needs or when she needs it. And I don't want, like, they, they've done studies, and they show that newborns who are passed around people get all excited when the, they put the baby to sleep. And, well, that's actually a stress response because they're stressed out because they're with a bunch of unfamiliar people. With unfamiliar smells and unfamiliar, you know, ways of holding her. And, yeah, their instinct is just be like, good night. They just shut down. So it's, like, actually not a good sign when a baby's, you know, if they're sleeping when they don't normally sleep or something while they're being passed around. So yeah, because then... It's not good for them, really. Yeah, if they're sleeping when they're not generally supposed to sleep, then they're missing a, a feeding. And then they usually generally end up that night not sleeping as well, sort of like cluster feeding. So it kind of is a setback. Yeah. So it's... Well, and people... I don't think people think about this. I mean, maybe you could make an argument that we're, like, overly cautious first-time moms, but, like, so what? We're first-time parents, so we have a right to kind of go through all of that like everyone does. But nobody else is really thinking about, like, oh, what happens after I've had my, like, 20 minutes of cuddling with this baby? Mm -hmm. You know, they're not thinking about the repercussions and what kind of effect it could have so there was like some challenges of sort of managing other people's expectations but I know she doesn't even listen to this so I'm not like worried about saying this and I would tell her to her face but my mom I think would do I think she's used to kind of being a grandparent to because my my niece is a nephew they're my sister is a single mom so it's a different thing right a single mom needs a lot more help and does need someone to spell them off and say, like, oh, like, I just need a break. Whereas Angie and I have each other, we can do that for each other. So we don't need my mom to do that. So it's a different relationship for her, and it's a different kind of experience for her to just to just be a grandparent, where it's like you just come in and you get some cuddling time and you do, like, the fun stuff and, and you don't have to do anything else. Yeah. So I think she was maybe expecting it to be a little different than it was because she wasn't considering the fact that, like, we don't actually need help. We just want to share um, this gorgeous baby with her family. So my mom would kind of approach it like, oh, you need a break, give me the baby. And I was like, well, no, I don't need a break. Like, I'm actually good. And I I was really excited to spend all this time with the baby, too, because I didn't have to work for the whole time we were there. So I was with you, and I was excited about that. So I think that the approach kind of came across strange. It was sort of like, no, just, like, ask when you want to hold the baby because you want to hold the baby. Yeah, so to, like, try and... I, I haven't really talked to my mom about this because she's just coming home from Australia now, but to kind of explain, like, you know, you don't have to make it about us. 
you can just say, like, I want to hold the baby <laughs> instead of trying to make it, the, like, this kind of yeah. martyry thing where you're like, oh, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. Because when somebody says, like, oh, you need a break, my instant response is, like, no, I don't. Because I don't. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm fine. Because I pretty much never need a break from you. Because you're the best. Yes, you are. You're the best. Yeah, I've never been, like, there's been times when I have needed, like, additional help from you. You know, just being like, okay, I've been walking back and forth through the apartment for half an hour, now you do it. Or, like, um, I am just finished feeding her, and I burped her, and I've been playing with her, and I need someone else to take care of her so I can go to the bathroom. Yeah, that kind of stuff, but there's yeah. never been a point when I'm like, oh, God, yeah, I need someone to take her away from me. Like, that's not yeah. something that I've experienced. No, and we also, like, you know, we also waited a long time to have a baby until we were super ready, but we wanted you for so long. Yeah, which is something, because your mom does kind of keep talking about, like, freedom and getting breaks and stuff like that and I think her experience of parenting a baby was much different than well the one she that had we're a having. baby she had her first kid at 22 right so it's not like she had a whole lot of time to like just be an adult that's like childless and kind of concerned with their own needs we did that for so long that we kind of don't need anything right yeah. now yeah well one of the first things that she told me yeah I don't I, I think don't like the second time she came over after Sterling was born she was like you know She's safe in her crib. You can always put her down in her crib and leave the room and go. And, and then she told me about how when your sister was born, she wouldn't stop crying. So she put her in her crib knowing that she was safe and then went to the other end of the house and, like, had to cry by herself. Yeah. And so that's the kind of experience that she's had with a baby, and Sterling's not like that. She's a really good baby. She's not that, like, my sister wasn't a good baby, but just, you know, every baby's different, and she's got a very chill temperament. She doesn't cry very much. She's not very fussy. I've never had to put her down when she's freaking out and, like, walk away. Because she's never gotten to that point. And I've never gotten to the point where I feel like I need distance from her because I'm getting too frustrated. I had one one moment. Do you remember that one night that she was, like, really fussy and wouldn't sleep for hours and hours? And we were both just like, what are we supposed to do? But she wasn't even crying. She was just, like, eyes open. She was crying. Was she? It was the only night she's done that. Yeah, we were both frustrated that night. I think you're forgetting about it. But even so, even if you would, like, when you gave her back to me, I wasn't, like... Well, because I had her for a while until yeah. the point that I got frustrated, and then I was like, okay, you take her now, and then you did. So there was, there's never, like, a really... You've never pushed us past our breaking point. I should knock on wood, because <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. Kids do that, but she's only 12 weeks old. <laughs> she wants to be on the podcast too you weren't invited on the podcast sterling we didn't introduce you yet you're not allowed to talk jesus rude <laughs> didn't anyone teach you manners <laughs> who's raising you but the trip was actually really nice it was really fun to like be with my brother and his wife we are all very close so that was awesome getting to see their house and see what their life is like but to, to, like, get to see all of that, because my brother's worked so hard to build a life in Australia, and so has his wife, and it's just, it was really wonderful to see kind of the fruits of his labor, because mm-hmm. it took him a really long time to get his, his career established in, like, one place where he wasn't traveling all the time. And he's, like, so excited for for his little niece to be there. He was, They were both so excited to have Sterling around and for us to like be a part of their wedding because they were such a big part of ours when they came two years ago so it was a really 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 nice trip I really enjoyed it and it was so wonderful to see 
Sterling with Uncle Matt and Auntie Nay. Yeah, it was really nice. I'm glad that they've had a chance to meet her this young. Yeah. For sure. Because now when we Skype, they, like, know her. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just like, oh, look, there's a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was really cool to, like, <clears throat> hang out with my brother's friends that came for the wedding, too, because they all have new babies. His best friends are, like, people that I pretty much grew up with. And actually, one of his best, fr- best friends married someone I did grow up with. <laughs> so... There was a lot of like fun social time, and we went and like did some out, some things out of the house. Not tons of things, but some things. Went to the zoo, and we went around shopping, and we did some stuff like that. And she, I kind of, it like forced us to kind of step out of that like new mom sort of bubble that you get into when you're like, oh, we're just gonna stay in the house all day because it's easy. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, I think, from the trip have have gained a lot more um, confidence in, oh, our, yeah. in our abilities to, like, do things with the baby. I put her in the ergo, and we went to visit our friends, which, and they live on the other, like, other end of Vancouver, kind of. Well, Nan had to take transit, because I was at work. And I had to take transit, which I was kind of leading up to right before we, we left. I was, like, trying to figure out how I could do it, but... Australia definitely, like, pushed us into the deep end, and now I feel so comfortable. Also helps that she's she'll sit in the ergo now, whereas before yeah. she would get really upset. Well, and we had a stroller when we were there, so we would go out with a stroller all the time, and we were, like, a little stroller gang. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. But even, like, well, I remember you talking about taking transit before we left, and I was like, ew, really? Like, all the germs? And, like, it made me uncomfortable, because I was like, no, she's too little. Like, the great unwashed. Don't do it. And now I'm like, whatever, man. She's been on an international flight. I don't know. I just feel more confident that she's fine because she is. <laughs> I guess I have proof that she can handle it. Yeah. Um, so it was it was really beneficial. And then the last week we were there, like the week at the, the wedding venue sort of place was really hot. That was one of the big struggles is like the being sun. in that intensive, like that intense heat and being able to keep the baby cool while keeping her skin protected from the sun because she's too little for sunblock. Mm-hmm. Then we're also worried about bugs. Bugs, because oh my god, Andrew and I both got eaten alive. No matter how much bug spray we use, they bite you through your motherfucking jeans. Yeah, Australian mos- mosquitoes don't don't fuck around. <laughs> um, but the, for some reason, they never they weren't interested in the baby. So that was really that was a relief. But yeah, the sun it, it's it's stressful. Like, you can't, and I thought I'd, like, oh, I'm going to come back with a tan. No. <laughs> we just, like, couldn't spend that much time in the sun. It's too, it's just too hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that was, too hot. That was challenging for sure, but she didn't get burnt or anything. Nope. No, we did a good job. Mm. And it was, like, helpful, too, because, like, some of the Australian people there, like, my sister-in-law's friends have kids, so they kind of were giving us tips, too. And she had, we had borrowed, like, a stroller from my brother and sister's downstairs neighbors. And they had, like, a solar cover thing. So it's sort of like a mesh It's enclosure. like a UV protector. Yeah. So it kind of helps protect from the sun, too. So we had the sort of, like, tools that they use in Australia, which was handy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else? What else? I don't know. And then we got back and... Oh, the had... other thing, the other thing that you kind of adapted to was drinking yeah I got major wasted every night you guys (laughs) I didn't say that (laughs) but you did get like more comfortable because it is safe if any of you nursing moms out there don't know this it's actually safe to have a couple drinks you can have I think up up to three ounces even like in one sitting 
of alcohol, or th the equivalent of three drinks, depending on the drink and depending on how you specifically process it. But you can drink and still breastfeed. You don't need to pump and dump. It's like a totally a myth. Not no, backed but by I science. never even had one full drink. I was just like sipping cider here and there. My I never, impression was that you had like a full drink. No, I never had a full drink. I maybe had half of one over the course of many hours because I would drink it so slowly. Well, you can do that if yeah. you wanted to. It does go to your breast milk, but in such a small amount that it's like inconsequential to the baby. Unless you are getting like plastered, in which case, yeah, no, don't like there's still a limit. It's not that like you can drink whatever you want and still breastfeed. It's just that you can have like a couple drinks and not have to stress about it. You can still breastfeed and it's not going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe had like half a cider the night of the wedding. Ugh, that cider was so yeah. good. I was drinking pretty much the whole time. <laughs> but that's because nobody's drinking my breast milk. No, though I try. Though I try. You're gross. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the states elected Donald Trump while we were away. In case you hadn't heard. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone knows about this by now. It was kind of crazy for us, though, because we were obviously, like, I mean, everyone was probably paying attention to it, but we're, like, very into the U.S. elections because Angie's American, so there's, like, a different perspective. And I voted Hillary, you guys. Well, I hope that all of you did as well. Even the Canadians. I hope you voted Hillary. Yeah. I voted Hillary in my heart. But, yeah, um, we were... The, the place we were staying for the wedding it was sort of in the bush and had zero cell reception. And definitely no internet. So we had, we were completely cut off from the world. We had I no had idea what was going serious on. serious major Wi-Fi withdrawals. I can't exist without the internet. Well, I'm just going to admit you that. You can. You actually adapted to it. You adapted to it, and it's possible. You just really prefer not to. Yeah. You had, like, she was having dreams about Obama. The, the first night, we recorded some stuff with Matt and Renee. Oh. So I'll play that at the end of this episode, little segments that we had where I kind of talk about it. But, yeah, I was, uh... Because I couldn't talk to anyone, I, I had the only way that I could, like, Process deal with my it. emotions was to dream about it. Well, when, and the day that, like, the day of the election is the day we were going to the wedding property, and it was like, we found out right before we got there that he was probably gonna, gonna win, but we didn't know for sure even, so it was just like, oh my god, what's happening in the world? Mm -hmm. And as people were arriving, we'd be like, what happened? What do you know about the election? <laughs> what's happening in the outside world? What did you hear? Um, and Ange was, like, using, like, an old-school, like, FM radio and was, like, trying to find something. And actually, surprisingly, in Australia, they did cover it quite extensively, which I wasn't really expecting because it's not their country. It's not even close to them, so... No, but it's, like, on the world stage. He's such a fucking crazy pants. Well, and, and the Australians kind of are like, wow, America's stupid. However, they've legalized gay marriage and Australia hasn't, so who's really winning here? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mind you... Who knows if it's up to Trump and all of the fucktards he's appointing to his uh, cabinet. Mm -hmm. Maybe there won't be gay marriage in the States anymore. Maybe there won't be abortions. Maybe there won't be any kind of like reproductive rights for women anymore at all. Maybe um, they're going to ruin the planet. Maybe... Uh, no more global climate change. Maybe they're going to really cause like a, an even worse recession than the one that Obama helped everyone recover from. So many maybes. So many who the fuck knows. It's just so fucked up. Like, okay, I've been reading Amy Schumer's book, and she talks about the... She talks a bit about sexual assault. She talks about the first time that she had sex, like, when she lost her virginity, which she says you shouldn't call it lost because you shouldn't imply that someone's taking it from you. It should be shared. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
so yeah, she lost her virginity or shared her virginity, but actually lost it. She didn't lose it. Someone took it from yeah. her. In, like, a rapey way, and so she's talking about sexual assault. It's not a rapey way. It was full-on rape. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing that really bothers me about the terminology is that people think rape is, like, one thing. They think of rape and they think of someone being tackled by a stranger and, like, forced into it. There are so many different versions of rape. Mm-hmm. That's Anything? what she says in the book, too. She's like, I wasn't tackled and, like, and pulled into a bush and had someone forcibly hold me down. It was, like, her boyfriend who basically penetrated her for the first time while she was sleeping without asking for consent. It's and she was like anything without consent. Yeah, she right. was like, it was so stupid because if he had asked me to have sex with him, I would have. But instead, he decided to take it without even To do it without me. her knowledge, yeah. without her participation. But then she was talking about how often Ew. women are sexually assaulted. And then I was like reading this book, looking down at like our sleeping little baby girl and just thinking like, God... That's the thing we're going to have to worry about. Yeah, worry about. And then to have, then look at Trump, who is like a sexual assaulter, for sure. He's a sexual predator. He is full on a sexual predator and a little pedophile. And just got, like, elected into, elected into being the president. Like, what is that? How triggering is that for every single woman who's ever been sexually assaulted? Every single time they have to look at his fucking stupid orange face. Ugh. Yeah. It's really, it's like one of those things that it happens and there's no way to reconcile it. There's no way to, like, find a bright side. You know what I mean? It, and people keep comparing it to when George W. Bush was elected, but, like, that was, that was upsetting. That was definitely upsetting. But George W. Bush had been, he had, like, existed in a political world. Yeah. His dad was the president his yeah he had been a senator or, or i don't know what the fuck he was of texas governor and so he had been a politician before so there was like a track record established you know what i mean he had obviously there were limits on his behavior because he can't be you know politicians just can't be certain ways they can't do certain things they can't behave in certain ways not that that necessarily prevents it from happening but at least there's like some level of decorum and with Trump there's nothing like I don't understand why somebody who has zero zero experience in politics is able to run for the presidency yeah like there was there should be some form of prerequisite and being a billionaire is not one of them no but they pride themselves like growing up in the states it was something that was always touted to you in school anybody can be the president you could be the next president but it's not fucking true because it's been white yeah, Men. not anyone. Anyone who's rich. Up anyone who Obama. has, Anyone who's, like, upwardly mobile and has, like, resources available to them and, you know, is, is like, white, yeah. mostly. That's what, they, that's what they tell you in school, though. They're always like, anybody can be the president. That's and not a good thing. <laughs> I don't want anyone well, to be able to be the it's president. It's like, now it's been taken way too fucking far. Everyone's eating their words, I'm sure. Oh, it's just, I feel so bad, and I feel... Helpless. I feel helpless, and I, I keep reminding myself, like, you live in Canada, we have Justin Trudeau, we're okay. But for some reason, I just feel so fucked up about it. Yeah. Because I guess, like, the States is so close to us. My dad still lives there. I'm still American. I have an American passport, which I really don't want anymore. And, like, our friend had a, had a uh, trip planned to go to Washington, D.C. at the same time as the inauguration, and she's a mi- minority, and decided, like, no, I'm not going to go. Like, that, how fucked up is that? 
because she doesn't feel safe, which she shouldn't. Yeah. And I'm glad she's not going because I would have been so fucking worried about her. Mm-hmm. She's not white, but she would have been, especially with all the, like, anti-Mexican... She's not even Mexican, but people would have thought she was, probably. Well, people are so stupid with that shit. Like, I was saying to her last night, they probably would have thought she was Muslim just because she's slightly brown. Like, they're just idiots, those people. Ugh. Yeah. It's all so very depressing, but I guess only eight years. Only? Let's let's hope only four. I know, but But let's also hope that, like, maybe less. Maybe either he'll get impeached... Or he'll just be like, meh, this is no, too hard. No, because if he gets impeached, his fucking co-runner, Mike Pence, will get in, and he's just as terrifying. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what's going to happen. I just hope it ends quickly. Yeah. Quickly and without destroying the whole world. But I heard that, like, crisis lines and stuff like that the night of the election were blowing up because people were just like, my family's going to get deported, what the fuck, I'm gay, yeah. Like, I don't know what my I'm a woman and I'm like. terrified that I'm going to lose all of my rights. Yeah, it's so fucked up. So, we feel for you, USA. Yeah. Try and get out of there. Like, I don't know. Move. Like, what Seriously. can people do to get rid of him? Seriously. I mean, they're trying to do a recount, which... But the recount isn't necessarily going to change anything. Yeah. That's what they keep saying. It's yeah. very unlikely that... It will change the outcome of the election, but it'll just sort of be, oh, well, we found this error. We need to fix it in the future kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Should we give an update on how things have been with my mom? <laughs> you sure can. So she was pretty good when we were in Australia. Yeah, just to, to give a little bit of backstory. The last time we went to Australia, we got home. Her mom tried to kill herself because we didn't rush to her house right after the airport. Yeah. That's true. She somehow implied me saying, no, mom, I'm too jet-lagged to come see you, but I'll come tomorrow as I never want to fucking see you again, you stupid, ugly bitch. And then, Have we mentioned that your mom has borderline personality disorder? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, she took a bunch of pills and tried to kill herself. And then, of course, did not go quietly, then called you to tell you she had done so. I don't think she called me. I think she called her friend Pam, and then Pam called me. Oh, right. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, so um, Australia, for some reason, is some fucking weird trigger for her. And I think it's because... She used to live there? She left her mom, because her mom was very abusive to her, left her mom to go move to Australia. So I feel like that's some sort of connection. She oh. sees it as me abandoning her every time I do it, even though it's, like, for a vacation. And yeah. I always plan on coming back. I'm not moving there permanently. Does that mean she's acknowledging that she's been abusive to you in some way, do you think, on some level? Oh, I don't know. We get back, and I didn't actually tell her that we were back for a couple days. I gave myself some time to readjust so that when I called her, I could be like, yeah, I'll come over, or I just didn't want her harassing me when I was jet-lagged. So I talked to her, totally normal conversation. We make plans. I say, yeah, you should come... You should come visit us at our place because Sterling is, like, so different at home. She's, like, more engaging. She's, like, talking and smiling. Not, like, saying actual words. No, but, you know, baby babbling. And she, she's just more engaging when she's in the apartment than when she is at other people's places. And so she's like, yeah, that's fine. And then I think it was, like, three or four hours later calls me up and is like, I just want you to know that I don't want to have anything to do with you ever again, you or your daughter. And I was like, 
okay, because you hurt me so badly. And I'm like, okay, just knowing she's on some sort of tirade and I'm not even engaging with her. I'm like, okay, that's because fine. Because basically she's had, like, she's had an entire conversation with herself, with you, yeah. in her head, leading up to this. So she's continuing on some, like, some line of thinking that nobody else has really participated in. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay. Okay, uh, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> and just hang up because there's no point in trying to be like, what, why, what do you mean? And get into the conversation. And then five minutes later, she sends me an email saying that she's so profoundly hurt that I said that Sterling is not allowed at her house and can only be in her own environment. Um, that she just never wants to have anything else to do with me and that she used to think that I was a smart, compassionate girl and that clearly isn't the case and then went on this thing about how I have or I had dyslexia and that except she kept spelling it dyslectic I know which, which I was like so funny wow I don't I really want to comment on this yeah uh and how I wouldn't have graduated if it weren't for all the support that she gave me which isn't at all true not that like any you of probably would have graduated more easily if she hadn't been such a fucking train wreck exactly high school. <laughs> if i could have concentrated on my homework instead of whether or not my mom was going to be a drunken shit-faced like crazy person when i got home then yeah maybe i would have gotten more than c's but that wasn't the case anyway so i just ignore that my brother calls me and he's like whoa what the fuck mom because she ended up sending this email to all of my brothers and jackie as well mm-hmm. you know true true form true email form yeah. and uh then yeah then my brother is just like you know just ignore it mom's fucking crazy whatever blah 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 and then she sends another email. I love, I have to say though, I love how you guys always, te- like your brothers always tell you, mom's fucking crazy, like it's news. Yeah, we know. She's completely, she has some pretty intense mental illnesses. Yeah. This is documented and true, which we'll get to actually. My brother writes back to her and is like, you fucking lost your mind basically. Then she sends an email to all of us and him saying, now you're cut off. Now you're out of my life. And so now she's cut off two of her children in this time span of, like, six hours or something like that. And uh, apparently did the same with Julian, but that wasn't public. That was just a private email between the two of them. How lucky. The next morning writes me an apology email, just talking about how she was so profoundly hurt and she lashed out and please forgive her and, oh, yeah, can you please drive me to go to a doctor's appointment? (laughs) And I wrote back to her and I was like, you just, in the t- f- time frame of, like, 10 hours, uh, cut off two of your children and then apologized and now are asking for favors. You have, like, a serious mental illness. You need to look into the borderline personality disorder. And then I sent her a link. And I was like, I hope that maybe this will give you some insight and help you. And she writes back. She's like, oh, I was diagnosed with that years ago. So that's accurate. <laughs> and for years we've been saying, like, she's so BPD. It's crazy. Like, she's definitely got it. Like... I don't know how she hasn't been diagnosed with this yet, and she's never mentioned it to us. I don't know why, but, yeah, we were like, are you fucking kidding me? This whole time she's had this diagnosis? Yeah. Nobody's so ever actually, like, been treated. Like, I guess you don't really... There are protocols for BPD, but it's, like, notoriously the hardest mental illness to treat. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that, and then I met up with her for coffee yesterday, and we had a really nice visit. So I'm kind of... I'm. Trying to deal with my mom in this way of, like, thinking about her having good days or bad days or bad weeks or good weeks or whatever it is. So that I'm not getting into this fucking rabbit hole of trying to sort out her behavior or 
give any sort of meaning to or even weight to what she's how she's acting. So I'll just be like, no, mom's having a bad day and leave it at that. Yeah. And honestly, there's not really even any point in like doing a postmortem with her afterwards. Like, no. why did you do that? You know, you don't have to talk to us like that. Like maybe you, if you're feeling, you know, at, there's no point. There's no self-awareness. Even if there is self-awareness, there's no ability to change. Nothing no. has ever changed with her since I've met you. It's been the same. It's only progressively gotten worse. It has never, ever gotten better. So it's really like a completely pointless thing mm-hmm. to engage in the behavior at all. And then thinking about Sterling growing up with that, with her being her granny, you know, however old she gets, who knows, you know. She might get to the point when she can notice that granny isn't consistent in the way she acts or that sometimes we plan to go see her and then it falls through or whatever. So I think for a kid, it's more digestible to say, oh, granny's having a bad day, we can't go see her. She's well, and if she gets to, like, depending on how long your mom lives, yeah, um, if it gets to a point where she can be sort of talk to about it, then we'll say, like, you know, Granny has a mental illness. Yeah. And there are some days that she's able to be, you know, nice and, and happy, and other days when she's not. So when she's not, we just don't see her. Yeah. Which I think is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people with mental illnesses all over the place, and they have families. Hopefully their families stick around, but there's really nothing else we can do other no. than that. Because we've tried. We've tried <laughs> So many different ways of dealing with this woman, and really, I there's nothing you can do about it. No, borderline personality disorder is one of the hardest mental mental illnesses to treat. Anyway, I just said that. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Now, I'll play some some of the conversations that we had with Matt and Renee when we were in Australia, and uh, I guess we'll talk to you later. Yeah, and we're sorry that we've been so inconsistent with our podcasts. It's a lot harder now. It just is. We're recording from the floor of our baby's room right now because yeah. she was playing. So, But I hope and I'm planning that the next one will be able to get into the library to improve the sound. Yeah. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I did. I farted a lot on the plane. But we are going to welcome back our first repeat guests, Matthew and Renee. Hello. Hello. We're back. New, it's good to be back. Newlyweds. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, would never have gotten on a plane if it weren't for you fuckers. No. Because we love you guys so much and we want to be here and we want knew it would be really special and it was it's so exciting that you got to meet the baby mm-hmm. and she's so yeah. little. Yeah. Definitely. She won't remember any of this. But. That's fine. There's pictures. The first experience here that was really stressful with the baby, I think, was when we were driving. The car seat was just sitting in a hot car, so it's fucking hot. It's all black. It's, like, super warm. So we're trying to cool it down when we got we opened the car up, and, but we had to go. So we put her in this hot car seat, and she was mad. Oh, my God. She's not a baby that freaks out in the car seat, but she was pissed, and she just screamed. And it was the first time she's really, like, screamed for an extended period of time, and I was in the back seat with her, and I was crying. I was just sitting there crying. I was like, this is so horrible. I'm hurting my baby. And Matt's, like, totally trying to, like, make me feel better by being yeah. like, oh, it's not bothering me. Like, don't worry about me kind of thing. And I was like, it's bothering me. This is horrible. <laughs> me too. I'm like, look around. I'm like, everything's fine. Everything's okay. But really, I just wanted to be like, pull over and get her out. <laughs> and, then, and then 
And then when my granny got in, Ange came into the back seat with me, and she was like, "This is so horrible. This is so hard. We should just go home." It was like the first time we'd gone out since we've been here. We'd been here. It was so ridiculous. But yeah. I know that new parents are like that, mm. and they're so concerned about mm-hmm. affecting other, other people, people that I was just like, "Don't worry about it. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. fine. Like I know no, babies cry. It's fine." Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have been hard if you're like, can you shut her? The yeah. Fuck oh my up? God, yeah. so loud. God, make her be quiet already. Make her quiet at this right moment now. But yeah, it was that was really hard. It like kind of surprised me because it really was upsetting because she was looking at me. It was like she was looking in my face, going like, "Why are you doing this to me? Why are you hurting me?" This and it just like it like cut me right to my like heart. I was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But she actually was really good in the car seat here, considering how much time she spent in it. Yeah. She's been great. And, it was, and it's hot. I mean, you guys have air conditioning in your car, which is so great, but... Um, so hot. Yeah. Yeah. Very hot. Very hot. Yeah. And we... I think we started out the trip a little less, you know, confident as parents and, like, mm-hmm. really... We are still worried about our weight because our pediatrician had sort of said, like, just monitor it and whatever, and we found a place to weigh her and we're like oh she's gained weight but then it was like oh it's a different scale and like is it the same has she actually gained weight and then we just kind of realized like she's growing out of her clothes so she's fine and Ange figured out I think she's still a slow gainer because she's it's not like she's gaining any sort of like new fat rolls it's not like you look at her and you're like oh Michelin baby her legs are chunky you know yeah she's totally gotten bigger I think she's definitely I can I can see a difference and it's hard when you're looking at them every day Mm. To see a big difference, but I can even see a difference from the time we got here to now, and that's only three weeks. Really? Yeah. Not just in length? No. No. No, and her, like, she's chunkier. Mm. I've noticed a big change in you guys as parents, even since you've been here, you know, three weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, just more relaxed about a lot of things. Everything changes so quick. Uh, You know, you'll actually put it down. No. Yeah. It's just nice to see that she's not just constantly being held. She's also happier when she like it's I get a little like sensitive about that. I hate it when people say, Oh, you can put her down. I'm like, I know I can, but really I babies don't want, don't want to be No, it's not me. She doesn't want that. Mm. She didn't want that for the longest time that's she never wanted to be put down and when you think about the, a human baby as like an exogestator, that they aren't actually finished developing. That's why they're so useless. They depend, they have a symbiotic relationship with their mother because they need their body. Mm. They need everything from the mom. When you think about it that way, it's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to put it. Like, she just got out of the womb and she can't do anything on her own. Of course she must be attached to you. Even, like, babies in the wild are like that. Yeah. And they're actually useful and can, like, walk and see and hunt and pee on their own. Like, they can do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But now that she's, like, getting more active, she's developing more, like muscular um like acuity and stuff she wants to be on her back kicking and stuff and she wants to be she's like actually getting okay with tummy time which the first time we tried it she was like ah! like she hated it and now she'll do it for like five minutes and then she's like okay i'm done yeah but i think coming here was so great for us because as hard as it's been like there's been some really tough moments that we're just like fuck like at home we have x y and z and it's easier there and like we have more available to us we're not just living out of one bedroom which like i mean we've spread out all over your house so like (laughs) we appreciate you putting up with that because i know it's probably hard especially with all the wedding stuff and everything just being everywhere all the Mm. time is probably stressful but um coming here has kind of pushed us out of our comfort zone earlier than maybe we would have at home Mm -hmm. and it's made us see like we went and fucking lived in a cabin in the middle of nowhere with giant spiders and frogs (laughs) 
huge. Just to be clear, the frog Goanna. was not giant. <laughs> the frog was tiny. It just happened to die in our cabin. Mid jump. Uh, mid jump. Um, but it's it's like really made us see like oh if we can do all of this stuff if we can like go and be kind of camping yeah. pseudo camping in a cabin and like you know deal with our family for the last. Well, I think when I got here, I was very much like feeling out like pushed out on the ledge so that I I grabbed like complete control of the baby I was mm-hmm. like this is the only thing I can do is just like maintain control of mm-hmm. her my parents are all here and they're like so do we get to hold the baby and I'm like no yeah <laughs> she needs to eat and then she needs to sit with me <laughs> and they were like hanging out with other people like my brother's friends babies more than their own grandkid and I was like okay Ange, like we need to have a talk about this we did we had a really good talk about it just saying like I know you feel uncomfortable and you think that like she's gonna be made more upset by other people because they don't know her as well and they don't but they're never going to know her if you don't give her the chance so some of that stuff like i mean i think that's going to happen no matter where you are but we were in like a concentrated like family everywhere kind of situation so that was Mm -hmm. that pushed Ange's buttons i think a bit because our family's a little overbearing and they don't really i i i don't know i feel like they look at us like we're too cautious or we're like helicopter parents or something and it's like but we're just new parents yeah and i think every like as much as I'd love to think that we're, like, super laid back about it, we're probably not, and that's, like, normal, you know? I think every new parent mm-hmm. kind of goes through that, and it, the worst thing to have someone do to you in that moment is to judge you and make you feel like you're being stupid when it's mm-hmm. like, no, just tell me that I'm doing a good job. Yeah. That's all I want to hear because it's the biggest thing I've ever done and it's the most important thing I've ever done, and I really want to make sure I'm doing it well, so telling me that I'm being stupid or overcautious just makes me feel shitty, when I already feel insecure because I don't know what I'm doing yet. Yeah, I've so seen a lot of I've seen a lot of new parents recently, like just yeah. with my friends that come over from Canada. They all, you know, three of them are new new parents and young babies and that. And you kind of sit on the sidelines a little bit and you go, "Oh, okay, like you know, here's some advice," but you don't have anything to offer them because you're not a parent. Mm-hmm. And and. You, you know, as, like, the grandparents can go, oh, here's what you do, here's what you do. Yeah, your advice is 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's sort of tough because you're trying to, you're trying to help and you're trying to be a friend and, it is and do your thing. from a loving place. Yeah, and we do remind ourselves yeah. of that, but sometimes it doesn't it feel feels supportive. Like you're just like... Sometimes it comes across as, like, sometimes I just can't get over some of the stuff that's, like, said to me where I'm like, are you trying to Make, make me, me feel like an idiot or are you trying to compliment me because like one person said um oh don't you want to put her in a carrier and i was like no that like the carrier is really hot because we're in fucking australia it's like 30 degrees oh we'll put her in the stroller yeah but she's sleeping she'll wake up the second that she goes in the stroller so i'd rather just carry her because she's happy sleeping when i carry yeah. her mm. oh well you must have some really strong arms <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Thanks, I guess. I don't know what the... F- it's what a backhanded... Kind yeah. of. We're like, yeah. well, yeah, I do, out of necessity, because I'm doing what's best for my baby in this moment, because the last thing I want is to wake her up, because she just And why just are you so asleep. invested in what why I'm do you doing? Care? What difference does it make to you if I'm carrying my kid? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think there's a lot of... You know, some parents go with the routine, 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 mm-hmm. but you guys coming here, and everything's mm-hmm. different all of a yeah. sudden. That's also good, because... Yeah. Not having a routine, variety being the normal, yeah. is good as well because, oh, my my baby can only sleep when it's yeah. this and then this and then this. Mm-hmm. Well, that Whereas was, my baby just sleeps when it's tired and it doesn't matter where it is and yeah. et cetera. Everything was really new well. here. Like, she, w- she had never really been in the car 
for that long. So she was in the car seat for the longest she had ever been that first trip when she was screaming. And we were like, this is terrible. But then she got used to it, and she was fine in the car most Mm -hmm. of the time. We got better at, like, putting her toys in places where she can find them, and then she's gotten more, like, control over her feet. So even today, she was, like, kicking her toys and, like, loving it and totally entertained. Um, And then even, like, using the stroller was a big deal because we... We use it at home, but it's like we'll but we go were for using a walk. the pram, so she was lying down. Yeah, she was in like a bassinet style one, so she was laying down, and she basically only ever slept when we were in it, and we'd just go for a walk. Not like we're going to do a, a bunch of mm. stuff, and this is the best way we can have you there with us doing it. Like we went to the zoo, and that was like a big day, and we managed. You know, she did was, awesome. She was, she great. was great. I mean, the next day she was a fucking disaster, <laughs> but that's another thing we got to learn. She may have even been like that the next day, no matter what, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But True. it like it really pushed us to do all these things that we probably wouldn't have been really yeah. inclined to do because we didn't have any reason. And it was great. It was honestly perfect because like two of Matt's best friends were here and they both have babies under one. One of them is only five weeks older than Sterling. So having other parents who were just a little bit ahead of us, seeing them how mm. like do all the things, it was like, oh, we could get tips and they could kind of give us advice and say like, like, Nicole was awesome. She kept being like, oh, I think maybe she's hungry. We were like, what? <laughs> this was before you kind of figured out her pattern, and we were like, oh, she is hungry. How do you know that? And then we could kind of, like, bond over that kind of stuff, and she, it was really it was really great. It would have been so much harder, I think, if you didn't have any other babies. Yeah. I will have to say one thing that was really difficult for me was that we found out that Trump was president right as we, like, left civilization. Oh, God. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I was like, and this bridezilla was like, I don't want to hear about the election. This is my wedding, bitches. Today's well, your day, and after today, no more. Well, it was like, on the radio, they said it was too close to call, but it was like within certainty that it was going to be Trump. And I was like, fuck, maybe something's going to come out of like, who knows what state. Yeah. And then once we actually got to the cabin, I turned on the radio there, and it was like, president elect, like Donald Trump. And I like felt the blood like leave my face. And I turned to Jackie, and I was like, did you fucking hear that? And she was like, what? And I was like, it said, like, he's going to be the fucking president. Which was, and then I felt so disconnected yeah. from from being able to, like, kind of mourn that. And see how the world was reacting. And see how the world was reacting, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So then I ended up having this dream about <laughs> that I was, like, hanging out with Obama. Really, really upset. And I was crying at him. I was like, Obama, what are we going to do? Like, the world's <laughs> going to end. And he, like, had his tie undone and he's drinking a beer and... He's like, yeah, I know, it's, it's, but it's what the American people want, and we're going to get through it. It's just four years. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I'm like, you promise? He's like, yeah, I promise. It's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. It's like, okay, Obama. You uh, know it's going to be eight. Eight years. It will. Oh, you think no. so? We just read a thing today that said that he fucking probably not, rigged it. Not him. Someone. Someone, yeah. yeah. Someone he paid. Anyway, American yeah. listeners, holy fucking shit. Sorry mm. that you live among idiots. Yeah. It was very interesting, though, I found, like, hearing what the news media was saying about it in Australia, because it's so removed, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like, was Yeah, still, we don't care here. But you do, yeah, because do. The, it was all the over the news, yeah. and I was like, holy crap. One of the first, like, um, front page, like, stories I saw about it was WTF, Will Trump Fail? Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, yeah, obviously. I, I just, it's, it's, like, shocking that it even is on the radar for somewhere like Australia because you're so fucking far away. Like, why do you guys care? But it does affect everyone in a, in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, We still have trading with the U.S. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's not even just like a direct yeah. thing. It's like like the cultural 
significance of yeah. the fact that there are people that are supporting this fuckwit. Mm. Are you in the uh, developed world? In alliance with the states? Are you part of like the NAFTA? NAFTA, is it, is the it? worst disaster <laughs> wrong agreement. Wrong. Of- <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know how there's like an, an yeah. alliance or whatever with like the states and Canada and the UK and you guys all went. Like yes, but I, I think, don't one hundred percent know. What I'm I think you are because do you have like troops in Afghanistan? And yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah. Then I think you do. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure we are. I don't know what it's called, but it's something. Yeah, because when George Bush was still in, we had John Howard, and he was just constantly kissing his ass and mm-hmm. trying to be besties with him. Yeah, I found out at the grocery store. The guy told me in line, <laughs> and he told he was like, "Yeah, Trump's been elected," and I was like. Fuck off. <laughs> He's like, no, that's true. And I stood there and I couldn't even put anything in the trolley afterwards because I was just in shock. Yeah. But more people more people voted for Hillary. She won the popular yeah. vote, which I don't understand fundamentally how that's democracy. When you can have that discrepancy, and it's, it happens in Canada too, where the popular vote can be the person who doesn't win. It's the same here. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is up with that? But it sucks for for the people living in the States because I've heard that like a lot of gay people and stuff are like super scared mm. and worried because Mike Pence is like a who's the vice president. Yeah. He's like a huge proponent for gay conversion therapy and all that kind of shit. You can't even call that therapy. It's just fucking abuse. Yeah. What do they mean by therapy? What are, what are, what's they gay show conversion you therapy? Some of them is like aversion therapy, so they will like literally shock you or do something, some sort of negative. I really think they do that still. That's like 70s I would stuff. be. It wouldn't surprise me. They still believe it's a thing that you can fucking train out of a human being. Yeah, it's more like pray the gay way, where it's, it's usually religiously based, and they'll just, you know, say like, pray about it. Um, they'll tell you to try and like think more about like women. I think they use porn a lot. Yes, they try and tell you to just choose to not be gay. Yeah. Because they think it's a choice because the people that are fucking doing it have made that choice to, like, not be gay, which is not... It's not a choice. You're just, like, denying your fucking impulses. Yeah. You're yeah. denying your sexuality. You're denying who you are. But... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I can't talk about it. It makes me really mad. Was there ever a point in your life that you thought you might be gay, Matt? Angela's asking men this question. It's, like, her favorite. Straight um, guys. No, probably not gay. No. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not gay. Oh, I didn't want to just outright say no. I'd offend you. No. Was there, but was there ever a point when you were like, oh. I asked someone else this and they said, when I first found porn and I was really into seeing like the penetration scenes and he mm-hmm. like freaked out. And he said kind he of, knew it was good porn when he saw the penis. So he was like, am I looking for the penis? Am I gay? <laughs> so he kind of freaked out and thought he was gay. Did you ever have a moment like that? No, not really, but I can understand the like, oh yeah, penis and vagina, now <laughs> we're going. Yeah. Yeah, but it's more you imagining it's your penis. Alright, so there's a guy. Is that how guys named, watch porn? There's a guy named Jason Ellis, who's an Australian guy, and he does a satellite radio show, and he has a segment called Dude is a Gay. And people, rock, people phone in, they go, Dude is a Gay if I watch tranny porn so this guy rock phones and he goes oh, I watch tranny porn he goes okay and he goes through it and he goes well so what you're actually watching is a guy 
with a set of tits fuck a girl. So there's more tits. <laughs> so no, not gay. It's gay if you don't watch it. Because <laughs> you're seeing more tits. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Hmm. So what you're saying is that you're super into tranny porn. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I think that's a really offensive term, but it's also what they call it. So how do you how do you manage that? Tranny porn is offensive term? Tranny, tranny. is an offensive term, but that's oh, okay. actually the term for the genre, if you want to call it that. Talk about getting her passport, because you were kind of like homophobed. What? You got hit with some like weird shit about being her parent. She, yeah, I had, so, probably because I fucking was a new mom and, like, overtired and, like, totally not on top of my shit. Well, first of all, what's cool about Canada is that you, the pass, the passwords, the birth certificates don't say mother and father, they say parent one, yeah, parent two. Yeah, so cool, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Or I don't even think it says parent one and parent two, it just says parent and parent. Thing one, thing two. Yeah. So the first time, like, I'm kind of dealing with anything that's, like, not really smooth was the passport application and I'd forgotten I guess I'd left out they said there was an issue with our payment which is bullshit because there should there's no way there sh- there should have been and they didn't contact us so it probably took longer because of that anyway so I had left out the date of expiration from my passport and under in the way that you like apply for it and just like the the mother like it asks for like the parent or the mother. I can't remember if it was uh, the applying parent. Applying and then parent. So the other parent. It was Ange was the applying parent because she came out of her, I guess. I don't know. Um, so she was under as that, but mine was like other parent slash guarantor. So they, they said, oh, the guarantor left off the, the expiration date on their passport. So I call in to try and update this information. And they're like, well, did the parent, did the mother and father put all of their information on the application before you signed? And I said, I am the I am the mother and they're like what do you mean? I was like I'm the other mother. My wife is the applicate like the applying parent and I'm the other mother. I'm like well fine. Did your did the mother put and or did the mother and the other parent put all of their information on before you signed it? And I was like I just told you I'm the other parent. Yes. And I realized that the, the expiration date is missing. I can update that information. They were just like, fine. Like They were just really rude about it. And it was kind of like, I don't know why you're talking to me like this when I've just explained who I am to this kid. And you're like denying who I am to this kid in a way. It was and just you're really like strange. BC passport office. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also had another issue, or we, I guess, sort of had another issue in... What happened to us when we got here? Oh, yeah, because um, when you come in, you have to put it, you have to like fill out a declaration um, for customs. And so I, f- I was filling it out on the plane and I asked the flight attendant, like, do I sign it for the baby? Because she always obviously has to have one, but she can't sign it. She's two months old. And she was like, no, 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 just leave it. So then we went to customs. Um, they were like, oh, well, the mother has to sign it. Who's the mother? And we were like, we're both the mother. And she was like, well, I don't know, sister, aunt, whatever. Who's the parent? <laughs> and I was like, what? I, like, we just explained who we are. It, it's just this weird thing where people, like, can't understand what I'm saying. Like, do I have to, like, spell it? We are lesbians, and yeah. we both had this baby together. She came out of her, but I'm her mother. Like, it's so weird to me that I have to explain it's this. If they can't understand it, so they get angry about it. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. it's so I, that was a bit of a bummer. That was, like, kind of the first time I've had to encounter that. So that kind of sucked. But 
other than that, I don't think we've had a whole lot of, like, I was worried about being in public with her. Because I feel like it's kind of obvious that we're both her parent. I think. I don't know if it is. I wonder that too. Maybe people people just assume I'm her aunt. Um, Well, I think when there was a couple times today at the beach where I was like, "Oh, I wonder if people think that it's like Ange and I." Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, probably. And that's the weird thing is that you like you'd never think that if you were like you guys when you guys have a baby you will never think that. People will just assume you're both her. Her, his, or whatever, whatever you have, mm. parents. I had a phase where I could Jackie, not smile. You're doing the podcast or you're doing the laundry. What? You can't be talking over there. The microphone's here. It's not going to hear you. And you keep turning. So come and sit down. Finish the fucking podcast and then do the laundry. Sorry, I'm going to keep that in. Blame the magic. Of you me. didn't even watch Spice World until this year. What? Oh, God. There's no <laughs> way anything Spice Girls related is good. Oh, my God. It's, it's so good. Movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, like, so it. cheesy and it's funny. It's funny. It, it holds up. I saw Mel B a couple of weeks ago, and her tits aren't very big. She's mm. scary Spice she's for tiny. a reason. Yeah, she's really short. Really? Yeah. She doesn't look short. Oh, that's because they were always wearing platforms. platforms. How tall is she? Shorter than Jackie? Tall is she? A little bit taller than Jackie, maybe? No, five. she's not that short. She's short. I'm five one. I'm yeah, like nothing. I'm like barely existing. So basically, did I didn't tell you what you're telling me? Is no, wait. When we saw when we were taking the bus to Birkenhead, whatever the fuck point, point Birkenhead point. There was a woman when we were waiting for the train. She was literally up to my shoulder. <laughs> oh, shit. She was this tiny, like she looked like an Italian grandma. She was just Definitely like this compact Greek or little, maybe Greek. Actually, maybe Greek. Tiny little person. And I just looked at Angie and I was like, Did <laughs> you see her? She's so much smaller than me. I was so excited. And what I didn't say but wanted to at the time was, You're probably going to shrink to that size <laughs> as you age. That's funny because I thought the exact same thing. And you were probably thinking it. I just didn't say it out loud because I was like, Yeah. Is it like, is it like, like grape to raisin? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah totally. Wrinkles as well. You're gonna be yeah. Sterling is gonna be able to scoop you up in her arms and like carry you to bed and change your diaper. So you will get treated like a baby. Yeah. No, you'll be like a wombat. You'd be real <laughs> heavy. Oh, I love wombats. Did you tell a lot of your family about Matt's like gay sisters? I've noticed that none of them were like shocked or surprised at our presence. Whereas everybody, no, actually, oh, what no. was really lovely is that everyone was like, "Oh, is this Sterling?" Everybody seemed to know her. She was like yeah. famous at yeah. the wedding. I was like, "Oh my yeah, god, they've talked about everybody. her so much." Yeah, well, we talk about you guys all the time. Yeah. It's just funny because like we hate you. <laughs> in Canada, where there's like gay marriage is acceptable, I remember meeting some like friends of friends and them like being introduced as like, "Oh, yes, it's Jackie and Ange," and like they just got engaged, and they're like. Mm. Having that, like, uh... Moment. Oh. Where you'd normally uh, say if it were any other couple, oh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. No, and then you have people say, oh, uh, and then, like, try and get out of the conversation, you're like... Yeah. Really? Yeah. But here it was like... Fucking awkward, man. Oh, it's just they'd be like, oh, hey! It was really nice to not Which have to... so crazy, because we're in a country where it's not fucking legal to be married. But obviously it's not because of the people. The people no. do not care. That's no. a fucked up thing. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Does it feel weird being in a country that's that like backwards? I mean, not. Yeah, that's why. Here's yeah. the thing: it doesn't yeah. directly affect us, so no. it's not as big a deal to us personally. Fair, but, fair. You know, my it just seems weird. Family member of mine, a very close family member of mine, is gay and very close to well, not. 
I work with a gay woman and she's with she's been with her partner for a number of years and she just can't get married to her. Which is so bizarre. It's what just I'm... like it's not right. And it's, it's not, not right. fair. I don't know, I guess you sort of because I'm trying to become a citizen of this country and it's it's just how it is. You 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 get there and that's those are the rules when you get there and mm -hmm. you can try and change me if you like and yeah. Hopefully, when I become a citizen, like to vote on the subject, then I can potentially make a difference. Do you think it's okay to have people vote on something like that? Yeah, you should say this is your country. What do you want to look like? And if the if the population, the majority of the population, no. says this is what I want, then the government should go. Yep, cool. I think that We're works make here. That I think that works here right now about this because the majority of people actually don't have anything against gay marriage. But I think when you're talking about human rights, like, in this... I mean, my obviously, most of my references are going to be North America-based because I don't know a lot of the history mm. that well of Australia. But in, like, in the United States, if they had voted on ending slavery, it would not have gone through because it was the status quo with what people were used to, so they didn't right. think there was anything wrong with it. So the government's the same leading thing with the gay change. marriage, right? It's like, well, but why should they have the right... They haven't had it before. It's never been a problem before. Why do we have to change anything? Mm. Here, it's, like, very interesting to me because it's the last place in, like, the developed world that doesn't have gay marriage. And it's... Nobody seems to care except for the government. I mean, I'm sure there are some, like, people here that care that don't want it, but it doesn't seem like anyone cares. So in this circumstance, I think it would be right to have a vote. But I think in general, human rights shouldn't be, like, up to the people. Voted, yeah, I agree. So the government should just... Make the change go. Executive order. It's, just the fucking right. it's exactly what John Howard did century. back in the nineties. He changed it to say a man and a woman. Before mm -hmm. that, it didn't say that. So I don't know why they just can't remove those two words. Yeah. It yeah, seems we like had to have thing. that in our wedding vows. That was really cool, though, because Legally. what what you guys did was having. I mean. Your celebrant was great because she said it in a way that was like, okay, so this is the part that these are the words I have to say by law. Yep. So she made it very clear, like, I don't want these words. This, these aren't my words that I would choose. And they're not words chosen by Matt and Renee. And Matt and Renee didn't choose them, and she said them, and then she said, but they really are for marriage equality and hope that will be achieved one day. And it was very cute because Renee was, like, making these, like, ugh, ugh faces <laughs> when they were saying, like, marriage is between a man and a woman. Like, specifically in Australia, you have to say that marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah. It's so You're not gay. <laughs> and we sought It's our so straight, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, we sought her out as well. Like I made sure that when I was looking for yep. celebrants, absolutely, that they were like marriage equality. Yep. Friendly. How no, do you? That was work? a priority of ours. How for did sure. you find? Because she did. Is um, she gay? She Google search there celebrant there. plus marriage equality. In no, Australia. I just I just looked up celebrants and then I just went through all their profiles, and if she had spoken about there was other celebrants that spoke specifically about a man and a woman, they didn't do. Um, any uh, other civil unions? So, yeah, like civil unions. Oh, okay. But she did, and she had like a little sticker at the bottom of her website with, with a rainbow. Aww. And so when we went and spoke to her and we said it was a really big, important yeah, absolutely. issue for us, and she's like, oh, yeah, I marry, you know, as much as she can, a yeah. lot of gay couples, and that she's all for it. And That's as soon cool. as it does become legal, she, she said she's all over. Do you think I offended anybody at your wedding with yeah. my um? What by being gay? My tattoo. You're atheist. That was like on display. I'm sure. Yeah. 
Sorry. We don't have a lot of religious Hashtag friends. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. You have religious cousins. Yeah. Oh, but fuck that. But mm-hmm. it's so funny because we've only heard of this one part of Renee's family, this one, like, couple who are super religious, and we're leaving our cabin one day, and we came upon this couple, and we're like, oh, hello, and, like, I just felt like I had to introduce myself to everybody. It's like, oh, I'm Matt's sister, who are you? And they were like, oh, we're Renee's cousins. We're like, or did they even say that? No, they just said their names, mm-hmm. which I don't even remember right now, sorry. And we're like, oh, hi, blah, 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 lovely day, and then like, we carried on, and then I realized that, like, I'm walking away, and I'm wearing a dress that, like, shows this atheist tattoo, and Andrew's like, oh my god, I bet you that was Renee's super religious cousins. <laughs> okay, so you know how Renee can tell gay people from, like, a mile away? I can seek out <laughs> religious people. <laughs> So easily. Is that because your skin like seeds when you get them? <laughs> yeah. It's like wow wow. They do look it. No, because she instantly is like, long hair, long hair, mm-hmm, okay. Oh, not holding hands. Look at the very high neckline of that dress, not showing a lot of skin, okay, okay. Yeah. And smiling awkwardly no, and looking slightly. Button up shirt tucked into khaki pants with a belt. Ah. Yeah. I was about to say how come all your description was like female? Because yeah. I don't think about boys. No offense. (laughs) That was another interesting part of this uh, trip is that I got to spend a lot of time time sucking dick. Oh, Ange! I was gonna say a lot of time with my brother's best friends, who are basically like little brothers. Were little brothers to me when I was growing up, and that was really interesting. Although some of the things that I had to witness were rather disgusting. Like what? Machismo. Machismo? No? You don't know that word? Is that like... Being super macho? Oh. And misogynist? Is it machismo? Mm. It's machismo. That's Sounds what people like say. Machismo? Magismo? I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what are you... Who's teaching you English in Mag- this country? Machismo. We don't know you... English. We know Australian. Have you ever thought like of your gay, Renee? Um, gay Renee. When gay. When my best friend Rihanna and I were eleven, <laughs> we told Jackie this the night on the wedding. A lesbian. By the way, your mom has no recollection of this. Maybe it was just. I think it was Rihanna's mom. That's bullshit. She knows it. But it's been Rihanna's mom. She knows how gay you are. <laughs> so gay. Sat us down, or sat Rihanna down, because Rihanna and I were just attached to the hip constantly. And uh, she was like, "It's okay if you're gay." But you just need to let us know, like, are you and Renee girlfriends together? And you're nine? We're about ten. Eleven. Eleven. Twelve. Is that be- But we used to make out all the time, and it was just because... We used to make out? Yeah. <laughs> and we just loved each other so much that we just like, wanted to make until out. until recently. No, until we were about... Three weeks ago. <laughs> right before the wedding. Yeah, until we were probably about twenty, and then Rihanna's now husband had to sit her down and tell her that it was cheating. That's you were talking about re- like that's relatively recent. Like, okay, so you were like ten years ago. Cur- but current partner was like, yeah, hey, but they've been hey, together like, for twelve years. Love yes, but please stop making out with your best friend. Yeah, it's okay. Me you would secure. make out with her when you were ten, like tongue. No, we didn't make out. She when needs ten. details when we it comes made out to for anything. The first time, just when fisting, we were about eighteen, <laughs> real casual. You know. So what were you doing when you were ten? Just. Hanging out all the time, just constantly tongue kissing. No, we weren't kissing. I was just tongue kissing her brother. Actually, he was my first. Wait, kiss. so your <laughs> her parents? That's the part I see you two. 
brothers. So her oh, parents Jesus. thought that you guys were lesbians just because you hung out a lot? Yeah. We were always holding hands and always touching. and They are probably, like, flirty, like... Were you, you touching know. each other's vaginas? Yeah, we're, we're constantly fisting each other. <laughs> You're just walking just around. Just like I said. <laughs> down each other's back. Well, you could have gotten more specific. <laughs> now I feel foolish. Like, Renee was her friend's puppet for this <laughs> And then back and forth. Okay, so what, at what point did you start making out? I think the first time we made out, we were 18. Oh my god, what? And was it... It took you that it long? Sexual? No, that time it was sexual. And oh, she okay. had a boyfriend, and we ended up, like, in a bedroom. Yeah, because then you were like, yeah, I remember that time when we took our tops off? Or she said that, and you were like, wait, don't talk about no, that. No, she said, we don't talk about that. Oh, she said that, yeah. And then her, th- her boyfriend at the time, and a friend walked in, we're like, get out! We're busy. Obviously, making out. Oh my god, were you drunk? Yeah. Oh, okay. We were and playing Centurion with um, cask wine. And did Ooh. you continue to do that? Goon, make, like, out. make out with each other. Yeah. And but was it like, but like sexual? Consecutively, like weekly? Oh no! Just when we got drunk. Oh. Would you ever... Were you doing it for, like, other people's attention? Or you just no, like, because no one was there. Because no one was there. We ended up in the bedroom. Would you, like... like no one else watching us. Would you purposely <laughs> get drunk together so that, that you could make out? That's pretty gay. <laughs> no, but there was times I was like, oh, she looks really hot. I'm just going to make out with her. But that's not... That's not just, like... Because we... <laughs> The way you both told me, it was so funny because you're both drunk. And I was like, oh, we're having a gay moment. Okay. Because <laughs> people, straight girls always want to tell me about their gay moments. It's so funny. Anyway, so she was like so excited about it. But you were like, oh, we just, <laughs> I think you were trying to like soften the blow of it or something. Because you kept yeah. being like, oh, we just made out because we loved each other so much. Yeah. That's not the same as I think she looks hot. That it was sexual. Both. It was both. But that's. That's kind of gay. That's homoerotic. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I was 100% straight. So what did you guys think of listening to me give birth? That was full on. Yeah. And I listened to it at work. What? Oh, God. Why? Full volume with no headphones. Turning it down and turning it back up. You didn't have headphones? Yeah, I had headphones. Oh, okay. I was just worried that you could hear it from the outside. It's like, it's like, Someone walked by there like, what the fuck is Renee listening to? Someone getting research. I found it hard to listen to Angie in so much pain. But then at the same time, I was like, yeah, go Angie. And it was really empowering. And it was very primal. Yeah. to hear you like that and powerful how did it make you feel because when you heard it you were obviously like about to be married not long after and obviously are like heading towards having babies soonish. yeah so did it make you feel like kind of scared or were you kind of like oh fuck like no that's it didn't scare me i thought about when in the future renee's in that scenario i already know that's gonna be impossible it's not you know what though it's it's not because you're in it too do you know what i mean it's not like you're what do you mean by it's gonna be impossible yeah i don't mean impossible for her because as you become more invested in the pregnancy and everything everything changes Mm -hmm. but the level i'm at now to go from zero to that Mm -hmm. without any of the Mm -hmm. ramp up Mm -hmm. i've obviously got to gear myself up into being alongside her and obviously 
you know, she's the one doing all the work. I'm yeah. just there to, you know, hold my right hand so I don't fuck up my writing hand. Mm-hmm. But like... <laughs> That's good. a good tip. Mm-hmm. For real. You, you still have to mentally prepare yourself as the person that's beside the person doing yeah. all the work. You know what I found? The, the best preparation was just like knowing as much about birth as I could. Yeah. Because then I could recognize, oh, okay, well, this is what transition is like, and this is generally what happens now, and, like, this is very normal, watching birth videos, hearing other women in that sort of state, but it's still weird. It's weird, but, like, you don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I obviously can't, I have no idea what kind of birth you guys will end up having, but ours was so fast that there was no time to think about how fucking weird it was. Mm. It was just in it, you're just experiencing it, and you're, like, afterwards, you're kind of like, were you just adrenaline the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know you didn't sleep <laughs> for like 36 hours or something outrageous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had an hour and a half, an hour and 15 minutes of sleep in like two full days, basically. <laughs> have you guys thought about like what direction you maybe want to go? Or have you not thought that far ahead? Well, I, I just have to say that even, I think even just the fact that you guys have kind of gone on this journey with us that my brother was saying today that he was like, oh, I would feel like such a jerk if we got pregnant right away. And I was like, what? I mean, that's so sweet that you're that like thinking about us in that way. But you getting pregnant quickly doesn't change how long it takes us. Yeah. But it's really sweet that you're even thinking about it. It's really lovely. It's like a testament to part of why we're so close, because you're like a really nice, empathetic, and like thoughtful brother. But it would never upset me. I would just be so excited for you guys. Mm. What would piss me off is that if you got pregnant by accident, we're like, oh, fuck. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> you know? And then I'd be like... Especially while you were trying. I yeah. Think mm-hmm. it'd but it's really just your attitude about it. You guys want a baby. You know? So yeah. Yeah. you getting pregnant would just make me happy. Mm. I was surprised at how calm the birth was in between contractions. Yeah. And even during yeah. contractions as well, it was... Yeah. As an outsider listening to that, it was very calm. It didn't feel like there was tons of voices going, Good job, Angie, good work, keep going, good job, yes, just leave that right there. (laughs) Yeah. My favourite part was when Angie said, I can say no if I want to! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes you can. (laughs) I remember that, don't say no. Fuck you, I'm going to say what I want. Yeah. Well, because that, when I was saying that, was like, don't, I was like, don't resist it. But she was just saying like, no, because she was saying no to the pain. That's the other thing, though, is that, like, when your partner is, like, in this very primal sort of state and they're very internal, you're not interacting with them in a way you normally would, right? It's it's sort of strange because you were, like, there, but you're not with them. You're just, like, with their body. That's kind of what it feels like. They're somewhere else and you're just there with their body. Yeah. It's kind of what it feels like, which is sort of strange. It's, like, a little bit think about it too hard it kind of like fucks with your head but yeah. it was really interesting it's such an it's such a singular experience like you'll never ever go through anything like that other like there's nothing that comes close to that it's so unique it's so special it's so like huge and and each one's different too yeah mm-hmm. totally i'm sure every birth is going to be completely different from the last right yeah it's so cool i can't wait for you guys to do it i feel so more cool. ready for it now that you guys have done it that's nice yeah, I feel like sure. I know a lot more. I'm way more educated now. I feel a lot closer to it as well. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting more out of Ange. More tits. 
Oh, way more tits. 100% more tits. Tits out for yeah. the baby. I just yeah. stare at them at all times. I try so and get in there occasionally. <laughs> it's like, oof, hang like, on. Porn star boobs. Jesus, that's my sister in law. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Let's not do the podcast at all. <laughs> the Baby Mama's Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Baby Mamas Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.